Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. In this edition, we're going to be talking about the Utah Jazz and their quest to lock up the one seed tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings. Um, Personally, I just have my fingers crossed that the Spurs can take out the Suns today so that tomorrow can be a nice, relaxing day as a Jazz fan, knowing we have the one seed, as opposed to, you know, being terrified that the Kings are going to decide to go and drop 150 like they're definitely capable of under Luke Walton and just what's been a bipolar year. But um, first things first, Dale and I want to announce that we're going to be doing a playoff prediction competition. Um, we're going to get all of the rules together, and we're gonna uh, we're going to um, announce it officially tomorrow. But the most important thing to know is what it's going to be is it's going to be based off of um, our subscriber count. So the higher our subscriber count goes, the better the um, reward will be for the person who has the best predictions for the playoffs. So stay tuned tomorrow when we announce it officially. But please leave a like, subscribe, um, and ring that bell so that you're able to get those notifications and um, get those specifics on having a chance to, you know, possibly win a jazz jersey. Yeah, it's it's going to be exciting. So check the description for some more details. We don't have everything ironed out, but... Um... You can have more details there and make sure you watch the stream on Sunday because um, there'll be some more details there as well. And if you're watching this video late, go back and check the stream on Sunday if it's if it's already happened and, and listen for that. But it looks like and I talked about this in the stream yesterday, but it looks like maybe there'll be a little bit of movement in each conference. But for the most part, everything's pretty much set. Um, and, and obviously the Jazz haven't like got like clinched that one seed but it looks like we're on course to do so so like like what are your thoughts what are your concerns going into these last the last game for the jazz and the last two games for the rest of the nba i mean sacramento is just like a talented team now granted i believe that De'Aaron fox still isn't playing for them and that definitely makes me feel more confident um in the jazz being able to win it. It is kind of this weird scenario though, where the jazz are going out of town. I'm they're all really tired. You do have Conley back. So that's a good thing. But I mean, the Kings still might have some pride, even though they're out of the playoffs, they are playing at home. I'm pretty sure they're playing in front of fans. They haven't had that many games in front of fans. So like, I don't think the Kings are just going to go out there and not want to win. I do think the Jazz are the better team overall, and they did absolutely destroy Sacramento the last time they played when they didn't have Mike and Donovan, if I remember correctly. So I do think the Jazz are going to win tomorrow. There's just this nagging feeling in the back of my mind where it is kind of feels like a thing of Jazz fandom, and I'm sure it's just fandom in general, where whenever your team needs to win a game, they do don't do it. And it would have been so nice had we picked up a W against Golden State or against Portland this week so that, you know, we the uh, we as Jazz fans wouldn't be worried going into tomorrow. But I do think the Jazz are going to pick it up. Um, and maybe, you know, the Suns could even drop one to the Spurs. They are playing um, back-to-backs, and that's always a bit exhausting. And frankly, let's just be honest here. The fact that Portland... Um, lost to Golden State and then almost lost, sorry, the fact that the Suns lost to Golden State and then lost to Portland after we played them and had similarly close games, you know, kind of shows A, how tired the Suns are, but B, makes you wonder, like, 
are the Suns slipping at this point in the season? Because you should have been able to handle those teams. They were coming off of close games. Um, and it was the second game in a back-to-back. Like, those should have been gimmies. And the fact that you lost one and almost lost the other, like, makes me question how much juice the, the Suns have left in the tank. Yeah, especially since, like, the Suns were missing Aiton. But they they were mostly healthy. They've been one of the most healthy teams this season. And the Jazz fought just as hard as they did in those two games while missing two of their all-stars. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know if that's a fair comparison. Uh, I definitely rank Mitchell better than Aiton, and then Mitchell and Conley is definitely a much bigger hit than losing Aiton. So. But it, you mentioned that the Spurs, I mean, the Suns might drop one to the Spurs. And we're actually looking at the 538 predictions and 538 is actually predicting that the Suns lose one of their the last two games, which I think would be surprising, but that would be awesome to see, obviously, as a Jazz fan. Yeah, there's definitely the question for the Suns. Um, I mean, do you just you have the two seed locked up, guaranteed. I mean, that's your bottom. That's your floor. You could get the one seed, but it's kind of out there. So as the Suns, do you just not play these next couple games? Like, I mean... If you don't, I mean, if you don't play today, then the Jazz aren't going to play tomorrow. They'll get Mike sometime, but nothing else really. So I definitely think that there's kind of an argument to be made for Phoenix just to relax. I I don't think you're going to see it in the end since, I mean, the Jazz still have to win. And if the Suns do win out, the Jazz still have to win to get it. But it is, it, it would not surprise me to see the Suns just rest everyone these next two days. I don't think you're going to see it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Well, if if this was a couple of years ago, I think that might be what they did. Um, yeah. But with the play-in tournament, I, I think this is a benefit that a lot of people haven't been talking about for the one through six seeds is before you had to rest players the last week of the season, just to make sure they're fresh for the playoffs. Yeah. Now you get a week break if you're not in the play-in tournament before playoffs even start. And so your players get to rest anyway. And so I think if the play-in tournament stays we're going to see a lot less of resting players unless there's a legitimate concern for injury or re-injury. Yeah, no, that is a big, a big plus, especially for teams three through six teams, three through six. That's a big benefit when it comes to um, team two, like it's a slightly smaller benefit because they're going to have to wait to find out who they're playing at the seven seed. And the one that is actually the most interesting to me that I hadn't thought about until Donovan Mitchell um, said it in an inter- interview, and I totally should have since it was so straightforward, is the Jazz, um, assuming they get the one seed, and assuming that they will be playing not tomorrow, but this next Sunday, that will be their first game. According to um, Mark Spears, let me just make sure I'm saying this 100% correct right now, um, will not know who they're playing until Friday night. So they're going to have Saturday to prepare for who they're playing. And now, obviously, that team isn't going to really have time to prepare for the Jazz. They'll have been preparing for another team. But that's going to be a really, um, that could be a challenge for the Jazz. But at the same time, if we assume that that game is going to be between Golden State and the Grizzlies, um, they're going to have played tomorrow. um, They're each going to have had to play a game to get into that game. And then they're going to have to play that game. So that's going to be three games in the matter of like six days that determine whether or not they get to be in the playoffs. 
And I think that you're going to see those are going to be players who didn't get a rest, which is why um, Golden State and Memphis, I believe, both rested their teams last night because they know that this next week's going to be a crazy week and they're not going to get rest. Yeah. And uh, that brings up an interesting point that you might actually see seven seeds and or probably more so eight seeds come in and win the first game against the first seed because even though they don't have that rest they're in rhythm they've they've played several games yeah pretty close together before that well the first seed has rested for a week that i don't think that'll have a huge impact on the whole series because there's typically a big enough skill gap between the first and the eighth that uh it like even if one team has more momentum, that's not going to translate into a seven game series. Uh, I mean, I, I, that's I exactly what happened last year, right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if moving forward, we see a lot less sweeps between the one and eight seed because of that. Yeah. I mean, Portland had that momentum last year, went in. Um, I think it was Charles Barkley said that if Portland won game one, they were going to sweep the Lakers. <laughs> Portland won game one. And then the Lakers, you know, swept the rest of the games and took out the trailblazers. So it might be that drop game one, um, especially with, well, and we'll get into this a bit more with Donovan Mitchell. Um, that will hopefully fingers crossed be his first game back. So I, I do think that, yeah, the game one might be a loss just kind of based on that. But I think after game one, the rest is going to win out. And the fact that, you know, the Jazz are going to be more well-rested and then hopefully get back into rhythm is going to allow them to win it in five to six games. Um, Maybe seven, just because Steph Curry is that good. Or, you know, heaven forbid, LeBron James is that good. (laughs) Um, But if we get Memphis, I think we'll probably sweep Memphis. I mean, they're good in transition, but we've improved, but the Jazz have improved their transition defense drastically um i actually think they're one of the best in the league if you look at a chunk for like the past few weeks so i I think the jazz will definitely be able to pull off that first round um win maybe i think honestly the lakers are so broken that even if they fell to two that they could probably beat the lakers um in a seven game series i really don't want to find out I just would prefer for the Lakers to disappear, you know, at one point before the before the conference finals. But we we might have to find out as Jazz fans, and I really hope that they can pull it out. Yeah, let's just have seeds like two through eight just kind of disappear, right? Yeah, <laughs> just kind of sneak into the finals that way. But so but I, spe- I, I oh go ahead. Sorry, um, I do have a question though, since we were kind of talking about the disadvantage for the seven and eight seed, um for the one and two seed because of the seven and eight seed. And I can't remember if I mentioned this on our last week's episode, what would you think um, if they said, okay, jazz, you're the one seed, you get to pick who you play. Um, okay. Sons, like you have three teams left. So if you got home court, you got a, um, the one through three seed got to pick their first round matchup. Um, out of like anyone four through eight um, or, or just probably out of the not four through eight, probably five through eight. Just okay. because um, I think oh, so Ford is a non home court advantage team. Yeah, I I think that'd be interesting. Um, I think it takes a little bit away from the play in tournament, though, because if you're a play in tournament and you fight to get that seven or eight spot, so you're at a greater advantage or, or and like so then you're, you're at the seven, you win that first one. and You're like, great. I got the seven seed. 
but then you might still have to play the one seed first, oh, no, and that might have been the team you're trying to dodge. So I think that that's complicates fair. it on that end. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think it would be intriguing. Um, I definitely think that there will be tweaks going into the play-in tournament um, these next few years, and I'm in, I'm excited to see what they do. I've heard some people talk about expanding it. I, I don't think it's going to be expanded as much as that just would. Um, playoffs. <laughs> you know, let's just do 15 on 15, you know. <laughs> I'm all about it. The first, um, you, you just have a play-in between like, six to 15 and they're just one game single. It's a single elimination tournament. <laughs> no, you'd have to have a loser's bracket so that if the six like dropped to the 15, if you like, <laughs> there would be a chance, but I, I think that that would just be, I, I personally wouldn't enjoy that. And I don't think that the rockets, you know, or the Timberwolves, um, I don't think any of those teams would really be fans of that. I think that once you fall that far, you just kind of want to be done. Like, Maybe the 11 seed, 12 seed would be happy depending on where they're at. But like the Rockets are just done. They're going to play their game tomorrow and then they're going to go to, you know, the Bahamas or wherever they're deciding to, you know, spend their playoffs. Let's just do everyone makes the playoffs, single elimination every round. Single elimination every round. NCAA tournament style. We'll we'll (laughs) even, you know, just to make the numbers a bit better since... 32 would be the nice numbers. We'll bring in the um, teams from the NCAA um, championship game. Like we'll just bring in Gonzaga. They'll just slot in as eight seeds in their respective quadrant of the bracket. And we'll see how they're able to do against NBA talent. Honestly, like with Baylor would get right. Obviously Baylor would get wrecked by any NBA team, but I would love to see this Baylor team play against like uh, a low tier NBA team. Just because, like, Baylor's play style is fun to watch. Like, they have basically, like, their starting lineup was five people who could all dribble. They could all pass. They were all yeah. decent shooters. And so I thought, like, that's kind of where the NBA is trending. So it's more of a pro-style offense. So I thought it would no, be interesting to see that. But obviously that, that will never happen. The only way it would work is if, like, somehow you put them in a vacuum and said, like, okay, Baylor, you're going to play the Rockets or the Thunder. Um but the NBA team didn't know they were playing a college team and had like no idea because the NBA, like the Rockets or the Thunder at this point would literally just drop the game. The funniest thing I saw is like 25 games ago, the Thunder were 20 and whatever their loss record was, the over under that people bet on was 22.5. So over the course of 26 games, if you bet over on the Thunder, you needed them to win three games. Over the last 25, they have won one. Even if they win tomorrow, they only won two. And so you're going to have the Thunder have went two and 24 and lost all your money because they just decided to tank after winning 20 games. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's how bad the Thunder have been. And I do believe that they've been intentionally losing the games, but that's how bad they've been these last, like this last month and a half, two months. I feel like for for the players who are on the Thunder last season, obviously there's a huge roster yeah. turnover, but they they kept some players, and I feel bad for them because last year they were a good team. They almost beat the Heat, and then Chris Paul leaves, and then you dump all the other veteran talent. Yeah, it'll. Then, I mean, they have I think it's 34 picks over the next seven years in the first and second rounds. Dang. So it's gonna 
that's honestly like what I'm keeping my eyes on. I mean, jazz drafts are just going to be boring if you know, you know, if they keep getting like picks between 26 and 30. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I'll just going to have some fun watching what the heck OKC is going to do if they're going to go draft three MVPs like three or four years in a row again. And, and maybe this time they'll actually do something with it instead of botching it like they did. And this is this is what Philadelphia should have done. Like when Philadelphia did the process, they're like, OK, we're fine losing having five terrible seasons as long as we get some good ones. OKC is like, yeah, let's have like one or two bad seasons. But let's have so many draft picks that it's not going to last so more than two years. So many draft picks. I was listening to a radio show and they said, like, this is like trading a paperclip for a house. And I'm like, did you just call Chris Paul and Paul George paperclips? Like, that's OK if that's what you want to do. But, like, I mean, I don't necessarily think they're paperclips, but they did get a pretty nice house out of it. Yeah, the, the, I, with comparison with what they got for the Paul George trade. You might call Paul George a paperclip when you're comparing oh, it with all the picks and all the talent that they got. They, the OKC won that trade, even considering how good Paul George is. Especially where, I mean, if you look at it, in three years, if the Clippers are out of the playoffs and Kawhi and Paul aren't on the team anymore, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, I'm really not. It just... May and obviously this last year was a weird year with COVID. This year is a weird year with COVID. We'll see how they do in the playoffs, and we can't really judge the team until next year. But and they're definitely a lot better than they were going into the playoffs last year. I'm just not sure how this is going to work. Like the Lakers and the Clippers just kind of feel like ticking time bombs. Like they don't have a lot of stability, and I'll be intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah, like. I, f- I feel bad. Like, obviously, I don't want the Clippers to win it all. And even if the Jazz don't win it, I'm rooting for the smaller market teams. But yeah. At the same time, I kind of feel bad for the Clippers organization because if they don't win this year or next year, they sold their entire future for a couple okay playoff runs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yeah. That's about it. And I mean. It is kind of weird since, like, I want to cheer for small markets, but the Clippers in reality kind of are a small market. (laughs) They should move to San Diego. They get the dregs. (laughs) Oh, that would be interesting if they moved there. So, well, that was kind of our NBA as a whole side tangent. Um, And I know Dale and I have both talked a bit about the Donovan Mitchell thing, respectively, when we've done our um, post games. But I was kind of shocked that the jazz came out this week and just said donovan wasn't going to be playing any more games this regular season i haven't specifically heard what your thoughts were when you heard that when you heard that announcement yeah i'm i wasn't um i was it was annoying when i heard it because i wanted to see him come back yeah uh but i wasn't terribly shocked because i the team they have their eyes set on a championship I bet Donovan, he's probably, if he's not ready to play, he's probably super close to being ready to play. And he could probably play a few minutes and be fine. But I know they're, I bet they're playing it conservative here because they know they have a week before playoffs. They want to make sure everything is fine. They don't want to risk any sort of re-injury. And I'm sure as soon as he's ready to like practice, he'll start like, like running scrimmages or doing something to get back into game shape. So so considering that there's a week between the regular season and the playoffs, I feel like 
he that, that kind of makes it so it's not even a question mark because I think when they announced it, he was probably around where Mike Conley is now. Uh, I but, think so, but they just don't want to risk anything like that. I I do think he probably could have played yesterday, and maybe could have played tomorrow. Like I I do really think that, and I've heard like, well, if he could be playing, he would be playing, and I get that because, but you can play on like eighty or ninety percent of a sprained ankle. That's not crazy. That's what NBA players do a lot of the time is they get pretty much all the way back and then they go and play on it. And I could be 100% wrong on that take, but I'm pretty sure that's what they do. Like most of the time they don't wait until they're 100%. And looking at the last few games, I guess the Jazz just determined like one seed or two seed. We want a healthy Donovan Mitchell. And I do think next Sunday is going to be kind of a scary game to not a scary game to watch. I think it'll be a game where it's like, Dang, Donovan, you are not in shape um, just because you you're in game shape from playing the game. And he has been he's been off his foot like so he's not going to be in game shape and it's going to be better than Conley because he's younger. So I assume it'll be a bit easier for him overall, but it wouldn't surprise me if we drop the next game just like with what we've talked about, the momentum from the eight seed coming in because they've had to win two of their last three um get two of the two games in a row to get there. And um, Donovan's going to be coming back and it's his first game back, hopefully. But as long as it's, that's my biggest concern is like, do we, do the jazz want to play the Lakers because they're hurt, but we've also been hurt and we're Mm -hmm. also coming back off of injuries. Like as a, that's my like thoughts for what the jazz are probably thinking. So I really don't want to see it. It's just because Donovan didn't get back yesterday or today. Or, or tomorrow. Had he, I'd feel more confident about playing the Lakers in the opening round. But chances are we won't, the Jazz won't play them. And chances are, just looking at it, will be, you know, it will be okay. It's just a bit nerve wracking. So I'm not super concerned, but I'm nervous if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I know, like, I feel like the past several weeks, a lot of Jazz fans have been really nervous and feeling like kind of down because we've been dropping games that we should have been winning. And and the great thing is, like, like even with these injuries, we've had the same expectations of the Jazz this whole time, even yeah. with Mitchell out. That's how good of a team we are. Uh, but with this break, like, I'm not as... I'm not terribly concerned about Mitchell coming back. I, I, I And, like, I understand your concerns with, like, if we had to play the Lakers, that might be tough. I'd still feel confident in that series. And just kind of, like, a, a glimmer of hope is... Before we started recording, we were looking at different projections for how the Jazz, <laughs> like the chances of them winning. And the lowest percentage that we've seen for their chance to win the NBA Finals this year is 18%. Most of the other projections are like 30% plus. And, and so I, I, like, I think we both think that's a bit high. I think that's a, well, but and that, and that might, might just be us as Jazz fans. And like we understand, like, like we, we've seen good teams before. And we've seen yeah. good teams fail before, but that's how that's how the numbers support the Jazz. And this is even like the least optimistic for the Jazz that we've seen is at eighteen percent. That would, I mean, maybe I should go put some money down. No, not going to do that. <laughs> but it would be so special to see the Jazz win this year. So, if you're new to the channel, like 
please subscribe before you finish out. Please leave a like and um, comment. We're going to do a better job of getting to the comments in the videos during the um, this playoff run. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, stay tuned. Tomorrow we'll announce more details on the um, contest. And thanks again for tuning in. Go Jazz! Hope, hopefully that wasn't a terrible...